Hi there, this is the Rev. Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Easter Sunday, the day of resurrection, the central celebration of the church and the abiding eternal truth of our Christian faith, the truth that death has been defeated forever and we are forever with God because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. It's also a time to rejoice. Rejoice that in the risen Christ we are made brand new, which is something that now, more than ever, we need to embrace and celebrate. And that's what today's message is all about. Recorded at our online service of worship on Easter Sunday at East Church, it's based on the Easter story from John chapter 20 and starts with some thoughts on what has set this Easter apart from others. Let's just start this morning by stating the obvious, okay? This year, Easter feels different. Very different. You know, I realized at some point this past week that as I have been talking with family and friends about my plans for our worship today, I have almost always begun with these words. Well, under ordinary circumstances, as in, well, under ordinary circumstances, we'd have a sanctuary that was filled with beautiful flowers, not to mention a sanctuary filled with beautiful people. Under ordinary circumstances, we'd all be here together singing out the triumphant hymns of our resurrection faith, and we would be shouting out our alleluias and our Christ is risen in deeds so loud and so often that our voices might go hoarse in the process. Under ordinary circumstances, our Easter Sunday worship would be a wonderful time of freshness and renewal and true celebration. So much so that once we left the church today, we would have the feeling that everything around us had suddenly and gloriously become brand new, and us along with it. But, of course... As you know, stating the obvious again, these aren't ordinary circumstances, by any means. In an unprecedented set of new circumstances that have been brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic, we have, all of us in the church, have had to rethink and to reconfigure how to do Easter, or at least how to do it from a distance. So yes, uh, this year, Easter does feel very, very different. And I'll confess to you that like most of you, I am really, really missing all the traditions both in and out of the church that make our Easter celebrations so great every year. But that said, I've also got to confess something else. I've also been thinking a lot lately that Maybe, just maybe now, this idea of our feeling brand new on this particular day should maybe have less to do with how we do Easter than what's been done for us on Easter. Believe it or not, because this is the way my mind works, 
it's all kind of reminded me of how once many years ago, on a whim, I decided to shave off my beard. Now, I have had this protuberance of whiskers from my chin for over 30 years now. I actually grew it so I could look older. I know, uh, so much for that concept. And I had never totally shaved it off before, nor have I since. But for some reason, this one day, I got it into my head. I needed something fresh and new in my life. I, I needed to be fresh and new. So literally, just like that, off came the beard. Now, at this point, our youngest son, Zach, hadn't been born yet, so it was, it was just Jake and Sarah. And, and Jake, who I don't think was even in school yet, took one look at the new me and cried his eyes out. On the other hand, my lovely wife, Lisa, my lovely, supportive wife, Lisa, started laughing hysterically. As I recall, her first three intelligible words were grow it back. But my daughter, Sarah, who was barely a toddler at the time, she eyed me warily at first, and then as I drew closer to her, she took her two little hands, she tapped me on the cheeks and said, rather nonchalantly, Daddy. From that moment, you see, it didn't matter to her that I looked so different. I felt the same, and inside she knew I was the same, so she could tell that I was still her daddy. Trust me, I was grateful for that. But I also immediately realized that shaving off the beard wasn't going to give me the kind of newness of life, so to speak, that I'd been seeking. My point here is that though appearances may change and circumstances around us can and do drastically shift as we have seen, who we are remains much the same. Because try as we may, we can't make ourselves to be brand new simply by our own effort. We certainly can't do it by wealth. We can't make it happen through the exercise of power, and it does not occur out of the sheer force of will and determination. In the end, you see, no matter what kind of extreme makeover we attempt for ourselves, there's nothing that we can do that'll make us brand new. But here's the good news of Easter, beloved. The real reason that we're celebrating today is that God can make us brand new and does. The same God who promised to create new heavens and a new earth makes us brand new as well. And he has done it through Jesus, who is the Christ. Jesus, who in rising again has conquered the one absolute certainty of our human existence, our death, and has opened for us the gates of life abundant and everlasting. <clears throat> By the resurrection, we become a new creation, a people of a new heaven, a new earth, and a new future. And the experience of that 
It's what moves this day of celebration far beyond the realm of, of candy and flowers and new spring clothes. It's, it's what makes our worship this morning infinitely more than simply an exercise in hymn singing and hallelujah shouting. And, might I add, it's how it can utterly transcend our being unable to gather together as the church in person. It's the resurrection. It's the resurrection that makes our lives, yours and mine, something fuller and greater than we had ever thought possible. For you see, when God enters into our lives in such a way that we're able to see this world, not as a place of death, decay, and defeat, but as a place awaiting God's final victory of life, we are, in fact, and forevermore, made brand new. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. There you go. And because of that, friends, this world and our lives in this world can never be the same as it was before. And thanks be to God for it. In fact, in the words of the late British theologian Leslie Newbigin, in this world the resurrection can only be viewed as a total starting point the ultimate protest against things as they are in the name of what ought to be. It is the proclamation, he said, that the world as it is is not God's last word. It's no wonder that throughout the history of the church, Easter has often been referred to as the day of days, or more pointedly, the first day. Because from this first day on, everything Everything is made brand new. <clears throat> you know, of the four accounts of the resurrection that are contained in the Gospels, I think I've always been drawn the most to John's version of the Easter story. I love, for instance, how John tells us that Mary Magdalene came to the tomb that morning early while it was still dark, suggesting that the day hadn't really even begun yet. But rather, it was that time between darkness and the dawn when things still seemed so gray and so uncertain. I'm always struck by how Peter and the other disciple raced to get to the tomb first, but then, so amazed by what they discover there, end up wandering away and leaving Mary alone, weeping outside the entrance of the tomb. And I'm always moved by how she cries that so great is her anguish and grief, first over the death of her Lord, but now over the apparent theft of his body, that she doesn't even recognize the voice of Jesus when he speaks to her. How she is assuming that Jesus is the gardener of all people. And isn't it interesting that it's only when Jesus calls her by name, Mary, only then, that she recognizes him. Only then that she can even begin to understand, if only in a glimmer, this incredible thing that had happened. Only in that moment did her world and her life become brand new. And the overwhelming tears of grief and anger become replaced by tears of joy and even laughter. Suddenly, in a moment, despair turns to hope Defeat becomes victory, and what was impossible now becomes not only possible, but 
real. Where before there was nothing but death staring Mary in the face, now there's life with this incredible brand new future laid wide open before her. That's an incredible moment. For what we sometimes forget in remembering the great theological and cosmic implications of the resurrection is that while God so loved the world, God also loved the one. In this exchange between Mary and the risen Christ, we discover that God does indeed to seek to bring each one home to him in a love that is as real and as close as our very hearts. Of course, this shouldn't surprise us, though. One thing Jesus was always teaching us, that God is not about to let us go. That he calls us by our names. And that he will transform heaven and earth if it will bring us home. So now, through Christ crucified and risen, God makes the world brand new and he makes us brand new right along with it. And that's why, friends, even in these most stressful and uncertain of days, even in these times when the struggles of the world have become our struggles, even as in this life we suffer the slings and arrows of an outrageous and cruel and sinful humanity, even now, even in all of this, we still dare to love. Even now, we dare to wonder and to trust that even in the bleakest of times, God is good. We dare to hope in God's shalom to bring forth a new day of resurrection and hope to every dark place in the world. We dare to work boldly as persons and as a people for the sake of God's kingdom. All because we know for certain that Christ has overcome the world and that there is a new heaven, a new earth, and a new future for you and for me. Friends, that is what makes all the difference for us today. But in it will be what will make all the difference for us tomorrow and in every day that comes. Someone once asked the poet G.K. Chesterton what personifies a Christian. And he replied that a Christian will do two things. Dance out of a sheer sense of joy and fight out of a sheer sense of victory. Well, beloved, today on this day of resurrection, we dance. Wherever and however we happen to be today, we sing and we celebrate that Christ is risen. Christ has risen indeed. And we praise the God of resurrection and new life. Today is for dancing. But tomorrow, when life continues in this strange new normal we're in, we fight. We fight out of a sheer sense of victory. We fight because by the power of the risen Christ, we are not the same as before, but we're different. We fight because of a new sense of who we are and what our lives are about. We fight because we are made brand new and our lives are starting all over again. Can you imagine 
that means? What do you think could happen to us? What do you think could happen to this world if we could just be bold enough to live that way? My prayer for all of us amidst the extraordinary circumstances of this Easter day is that the risen Christ, the one who is alive in the world and alive in our hearts, will give us courage and grace to dare to live that kind of a life. Not only on this day of days, the first of days, but also on every day that's to come. And on every day that is to come, may we always be joyful and bold to be proclaiming, Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia and amen. And that's the message we've entitled, New Heavens, New Earth, New Future. And it was recorded on April the 12th, Easter Sunday, as part of our current series of online services of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. Of course, because of ongoing concerns regarding the COVID-19 virus, it looks like we'll be continuing these online services for the foreseeable future. And so we'd like to invite any of you who might like to join us via Facebook Live to come to the East Congregational United Church of Christ Facebook page every Sunday at 10 a.m. This is one way at least we can be together in the spirit of prayer and fellowship during these times, and, and that is everything. So I do hope you'll be with us. And once again, that brings us to the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening. I thank you for your continued support of this podcast. And by the way, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to find out how you're doing in the midst of everything that's going on in the world. You can do that by pressing the message button on the podcast page online, or you can do so by contacting me directly to the Love to Tell the Story Facebook page. However you do it, I do hope you'll keep in touch. And so until next time, stay healthy, stay home, keep up that social distancing, and most of all, Happy Easter. Talk to you soon.